Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Mike Masnick. The world is increasingly technological, so we have better get methodical. Bringing precision to critical digital journalism with the singular vision of a modern monocle. Stopping the copyright police from pulling the wall on us. Facing and taking on all the plate to pay to troll. Document the ways that they aim to take control. Scrutinize and brutalize and make them fold. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. If we don't stand up to them, someone will get hurt. To grab a shovel and dig up the tech. A few years back on the podcast, we had a fun discussion with Nabia Sayed uh, talking about the challenges of uh, content moderation online. And at one point we went on an interesting tangent, I guess, uh, in response to a question about how could you improve transparency and due process when it came to content moderation. And I sort of, on the spur of the moment, highlighted that we already had a system that we could learn from that had a pretty long history, which was the existing judicial system. There's a a whole setup of, of due process and the judicial system for the most part, with a few exceptions, is fairly transparent. Uh, and as I noted in that conversation, there are both significant pros and cons to such a model. Uh, while it does provide pretty clear due process and a fair bit of transparency, it's also incredibly slow and ridiculously expensive, uh, not to mention quite frequently very, very confusing. The fact that you have to hire lawyers uh, to go through that process for the most part, uh, it just gives you a sense of that. Um, but it certainly had some advantages to the completely black box version that every internet company engaged in. Um, so I was a little bit surprised, but intrigued a few months later when Mark Zuckerberg announced plans to basically do exactly that, and what everyone referred to as the Facebook Supreme Court, an independent outside body that would review certain content moderation decisions. Uh, what I found amusing at that time when he announced that was that people completely misinterpreted the plan at the time, uh, with some people saying that he was suggesting that uh, Facebook was more important than the actual Supreme Court uh, and that he was trying to create a, a, an entirely separate judicial system from the existing one rather than recognizing what was truly interesting about the idea, at least in, in my mind, which is that this was a company thinking about literally handing over important decisions to an outside board of independent reviewers. Um, after many months of what appear to be fairly detailed planning and thinking and experimenting, Facebook has now released its official plans for what it's now calling its oversight board. Uh, and someone who was uh, somewhat involved as an observer and uh, participant, I think, in the, the process of putting this together is Professor Kate Klonick from St. John's University, who we've had on the podcast before. Uh, and uh, Kate is here to, to uh, review what what, uh, what is happening with the Facebook Oversight Board. So, Kate, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. So, uh, let's start with the basics. What 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 is this uh, Oversight Board, or is everyone is always going to call it the Facebook Supreme Court? Yeah, I think that they would love it if everyone stopped calling it that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Um, yeah, they've. Uh, I think that the name was the name was um, is not great, and I think that they they know that. Um, but there's kind of no, no other really fantastic alternatives. Um, but yeah, the the oversight board uh, it was announced last week. I think on Tuesday uh, they put out the announcement of the official charter um, and kind of the scope and scale of what it's going to look at. 
And uh, it's a really interesting uh, endeavor that has been, um, that they've been working on in a global consultation process of users and stakeholders, um, you know, since uh, Zuckerberg announced that they would do this in November of 2018. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot to pick apart in there. So just point, <laughs> point me in a direction. And sure. I'll- <laughs> <laughs> no, no problem. No problem. And, and just, just to clarify for listeners, what, how, what did you do in terms of being engaged? You, you, you knew some of what was going on in this process, right? Yeah. So I was kind of, I think, I mean, my past work, um, in the paper, the new governors and, um, the writing about platforms and online speech and Mm -hmm. how they had private system of governance had kind of put, pointed me in this area, um, from, you know, especially doing like a kind of an empirical look at what they're actually doing instead of just kind of armchair theorizing. Um, right. And so uh, when they said that they were going to do this oversight board, which is something that a lot of people for years and years have talked about, kind of something like this being necessary, um, I was really going to cover it from the outside no matter what. And then um, we ended up, I ended up getting independent funding and um, so that I could basically, uh, with their permission, embed at Facebook to follow the team that was Hmm. being charged with coming up and planning all of this. Um, And... Uh, you know, part of the deal was that there was no NDA and uh, and that I could tape all my conversations. So oh, it cool. really was a very open uh, kind of I really, really wanted to be an open as transparent as possible. So, yeah, I've spent, I don't know, probably all told between the workshops and all the other stuff, probably over 100 hours now. Wow. Um, like, look, yeah, following being really annoying and following people <laughs> around and asking stupid questions um, and uh, trying to kind of get my mind around this and um, what they should do, what it should be. Right. Okay. And so, so the basics of the board, right, is that in some cases there will be certain content moderation decisions that it will no longer be in Facebook's hands directly to determine whether or not particular content has you know violated policy or not right that it'll be handed over to this board which will be um made up of what was it 12 people i I forget the exact number um the initial board will be 11 people and then they're going to point out up to upwards of 40 people okay um and and so the board will somehow review the decision come back and and i believe they said it's binding on facebook their decisions yeah so there's basically it's a very they're starting out with a really narrow i would call it subject matter jurisdiction or kind okay. of scope of their of their what they'll cover so um to use facebook lingo because i actually think it's pretty helpful to understand how they're thinking about this um you know it used to be ironically that you the only thing you could appeal was a the takedown of a page um, mm-hmm. or a takedown of an account um, or your profile. That was like, if you had been banned, that was the only thing that would qualify for a, a quote unquote appeal to uh, at, internally at Facebook. Um, now it's actually going to be the opposite with the board. So the only thing that they're um, letting you review are what they call simple objects, which are just photos or text or, um, or videos that you post. Um, mm-hmm. So Things that are quote unquote complex objects like account pages or group pages or your personal profile are not eligible for review. And that's just oh, mostly, yeah. And so that's actually, yeah, it is really interesting because that's also part of the problem with deplatforming, right? And some of the bigger questions that we ask about free speech online. Um, and so those will, 
I think that they they have said that they hope they be they turn into the purview of the board, but they are not going to be there at the offset. Neither will ads, um, and so that's um, those are all things that hopefully the board will have a say on um, in the future. But to at least assert out they're not, um, and then the the oversight board uh, will something. So let's say I put a post a picture of something, it gets taken down. I appeal all the way through Facebook, then I appeal through the tool to the board. The board selects it for as a case select. It's a case that's selected. They issue an opinion on it. And if they say put it back up, Facebook has to do that. Mm. And that's for that's the extent of their binding decisions. It's for that one particular piece of content. Okay. Um, yeah. Then they can issue a policy recommendation. Mm. The board can be like, well, all pieces of content like Clonics, like weird, like pet squirrel photos, like those should all, those should all like go back up. Um, and Facebook can decide whether or not that they like they have discretion to. It's not binding; it's within their um, right. Yeah. So so uh, so that's interesting. So so in effect, um, they can make these decisions that are binding, but they the the precedent setting. Uh, aspect of it is actually more limited. Yes. Yeah. And it's, yeah, that's exactly right. So on the one hand, you know, one of the things you talked about before in due process and transparency, Mm -hmm. um, you got to wonder what is the point of transparency, right? Like why is it important? Um, And one of the things is that we can establish consistency and accuracy and fairness over time. So one of the things that's nice here that's finally hopefully happening is like, at least on certain types of content, they'll all be going into a very public database that'll show us the facts and the rules that are getting applied to that. And then we'll have like in a way to measure whether or not there's uh, consistency in the decisions. Yeah, though that's to some extent, that's a double edged sword. And this is something that I think often gets ignored in these discussions, which is that, and, and this is something that I struggle with too, because I, I, I do think transparency and due process are really good things. But I also recognize like when it comes to content moderation, part of the issue with transparency is that um, to some extent, transparency also becomes um, a weapon by people who are, uh, what's the phrase I want to use? <laughs> uh, who, who have, who have, uh, uh, less than good intent, yes. <laughs> I think is the way I'll put it. That that uh, to game the system, um, the transparency actually helps those who want to game the system in some ways. And so there's there's a real uh, tension there um, that I that I struggle with in, in thinking about these issues. And I wonder, um, and I think it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, how this happens because, like, you know, there are many examples of existing content moderation decisions where we see people who sort of try to build a false equivalency and say like, well, you know, that content got banned, but this content, which I claim is exactly the same, even though there's, you know, very, very different reasons uh, behind it, or there's other context or something along those lines, you know, that's the exact same content. And, you know, you're treating this kind unfairly. So I do wonder, um, 
how much we're going to see that sort of reaction where people are going to use this as as examples that they claim will prove bias rather than otherwise. Oh, yeah. So, um, so one of the questions that I've gotten pretty consistently from reporters in the last week has been, what are, like, is this a reaction to the the conservative biased allegations against right. him. And like, I was like, no, I mean, like, I don't, I mean, have you, like anyone who's ever made that type of, anyone who's ever going to make that type of claim or is not going to be, I don't think is going to be thwarted by the existence of the board because they'll just say that the board is biased or right. was bought for by Facebook or whatever. <laughs> right. And there's like no point, in, like there's no point in which this starts to have, that you kind of can can change people's mind on this. It's like kind of classical, um, re- like motivated reasoning. Um, but uh, you know, I think that I think that your point about two different types of content is and bad actors is exactly correct. I mean, so this is um, I use this example um, in the Christchurch uh, shooting mm-hmm. piece that I wrote up that was like, you know. You have Philando Castile, which ended up becoming this incredible moment of transparency, and it was a very violent um, video, um, but it ended up becoming um, like a lightning rod for the Black Lives Matter movement. And then you have something like Robert Goodwin Sr., who is the man who was shot in Cleveland at point blank range. And to someone watching those videos in the middle, like there just looks like, like two black men who were shot in America. And one was a brutal... Like it was a brutal murder, right? That was used to kind of like aggrandize the the, the murderer, the killer, um, and that's why it was posted on Facebook. And the other was, you know, something quite different um, politically. And uh, you know, it's this it, like there's, you know, everything is similar if you zoom out far enough. Right. Uh, and so that's the opposite of what this is supposed to do. I think is to kind of like let us zoom in but what how they are going to do that at scale and in 90 days is something that i have no idea um (laughs) that's like something i'm like they still haven't provided a great answer on they have no idea how big this is going to be how many people will appeal how like how it'll go yeah and um I'm 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 curious about one thing. You know, you mentioned at the beginning that this is this is just going to be focused on like individual pieces of content. That's that strikes me as odd because I I, I and, and maybe I'm wrong. Um, I I would assume that like content moderation decisions happen much more frequently on individual pieces of content rather than like you know full account takedowns um, or or things like that. Like I would think that they would want to start with something that is. Um, you know, a rarer case that happens in more extreme situations where, where the appeal is more meaningful. Um, or at least that, that would be my assumption. Right. Because you, you just have like a large, a smaller N to exactly. even like start with. Yeah. No, yeah. completely. I think that the, the thing that they told me and, you know, again, the, to a certain extent, this seems plausible to me, but then you always have to kind of question, like, you know, they tell tell you that and they, you know, but I've asked a few engineers at this point, and this seems pretty reasonable. It's actually a tooling thing, like, they're, and like huh. a privacy thing. So it's actually kind of, it seems, it makes sense. You They can't freeze an entire page in one moment for review, like things, um, like, because there's so many people that have right. so many permissions. And so they can't actually, and because the person who appeals it often, like, they can't, for privacy reasons, can't get rid of all other users in the site because they're implied in the appeal. Right. And so their content ends up going up and going through the appeal, and it's not content that they have 
consented right. to be a so like right. So that right. I, it, that actually kind of makes sense to me. It, it does. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about it from that direction, but that's I, I, and that's really interesting, right? I mean, that sort of highlights all of the the different issues and and difficulties and stakeholders involved in all this. That's 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 a really valid point. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, so I think that, and I pushed back on that. But that seems mm-hmm. consistent with across platform. Like I've checked with other platforms and other engineers, right. and that seems like that's actually a pretty consistent. One of the hardest things that you have to think about too, that like you kind of sit some. My mind would just kind of explode sometimes when I was sitting in these meetings. I was like, oh my gosh, yeah, you're you're taking content that people have posted and have given privacy permissions to Facebook. And then like you have to make it GDPR and otherwise privacy compliant to take that information and give it to what they're basically creating is a third party. Like the whole thing about the board is that it's not Facebook. And so they have to figure out a way Privacy, privacy yeah. for privacy to 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 give that information over in a privacy compliant way. So that was just like you know that was just one small like of eight million questions. That was just kind of one small part of the the difficulty in tooling this. Yeah. So so one of the the questions that I know has come up from a lot of people is like, is this really independent, right? I mean, Facebook, the way that the structure is, as I understand it, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that Facebook is going to name like, was it two um, sort of starter um, uh, board members? And then those, those members basically get to hire the rest. Yeah. Um, so this was fascinating because it's a real chicken and the egg problem. Like yeah. how do you, you know, so everyone had really strong feelings about this in the workshops that they did globally. People were like, Facebook can't pick them. They'll be in Facebook's pocket. But then how do you pick them? They're like, well, make us, a lot of people were like, make a selection committee. Well, who picks the selection committee right. to select, right? There's just like, you know, it's turtles all the it's way got, down. It's got to start somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Um, uh, yeah, exactly. And so I kind of, you know, so this was, this is, um, you know, and there were a lot of, there was um, one wonderful woman, Lauren um, Rivera, who is a business professor at Kellogg, um, who's written, I would really highly recommend her book, um, Pedigree. Um, it's just an amazing uh, empirical study about how uh, people perpetuate inequality um, mm. in hiring practices. Um, and she was consulted and she was there, I was in a meeting with her and she just had like really interesting things to say. But one of the big things was that no matter who you present them with, no matter how diverse and how global and how qualified, people will tend to pick people that look like them. So that's right. one of the problems because people wanted a diverse board. That was like the number one thing. Um, so you kind of let this, uh, you kind of have this problem and they ended up getting around it or trying to get around it by deciding that they were going to pick two co-chairs. The co-chairs would then, with the help of Facebook, appoint nine more people and the 11 person panel or 11 person board would then be able to start hearing probably in five person groups, mm. uh, panels or five, they're calling the panels, five person panels would be able to start hearing appeals. Uh, you know, but like, you know, if you plant a seed and the seed grows, like, you know, there's obviously still some taint, but it just doesn't seem like there's something to, uh, right. to kind of, uh, this seems like a fairly good solution. I don't know, and I'm not a corporate law person, but I actually think that the role of the trust 
in holding all of the money and controlling the purse strings of the board and then still being accountable in some ways to Facebook and Facebook picking the trustees will end up being a point. Um, yeah, so 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 let's describe that for people who don't understand. So so the, the the way this is described, and again, correct me if I misunderstood this, is that basically Facebook is claiming that the the members of the board um, are not paid by Facebook. Instead, they've set up this trust that is paying them. So that is uh, an attempt to have sort of a hands off approach, so that you can't say that the board members are in the pocket of Facebook, even though the money is still coming from Facebook initially? Is that yeah, sort of how they're, yeah. So, yeah. no, that's exactly right. So they're, they created a, because one of the things was this needed to be financially independent from Facebook. So it can't be defunded. Um, right. So that's like, that's, that's kind of the big thing. Um, it can't be defunded. Uh, it's going to get a multi-million, they've sold multi-million. They haven't specified the number, but they've spent a lot already. So whatever it is that the board's going to get, that's going to pay salaries for part for the board members will be working part time. And then um, also the staff that is employed to help the the board members and organize things uh, and do research. The but that's all paid out through a trust that mm -hmm. the trust is being created by Facebook and the trustees are appointed by Facebook. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't really know how that it feels like some weird type of phospholipid bilayer in which I'm not quite <laughs> sure like how you get you're like transferring things from one part of right. the cell to the other. It just seems like maybe it'll work and like it's not. Yeah. So not yeah. clear like how it, porous it is or not. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> it, it reminds me of the the. Uh... It described in newsrooms as like the Chinese wall between the advertising and the reporting side, but like, you know, how how real is that in in reality versus you know, uh, theory? <laughs> yeah, no, that's like exactly right. I don't. Yeah, so I mean, and that's stuff that just kind of like let like we have to kind of sit and wait and see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and I assume that that's going to be one that that people will certainly accuse of 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 you know being evidence of of it being one-sided you know to some extent like you know there are other examples of like you know i talked early on at the beginning about sort of comparing this to the court system but but it's it's not really a court system in in any sense um you know it does seem a lot closer perhaps to something like you know traditional arbitration right i mean i think this actually has a lot of familiar elements to, to a traditional arbitration system um and you know one of the complaints in in arbitration is that they tend to you know favor the large companies uh, now the argument there is that it's because you know arbitrators are, are usually private individuals um, or private organizations that that supply arbitrators and and you know they tend to side with the large company that is likely to hire them again um, so maybe you avoid that and that you know there's not it's not like they have to be hired each time for this um, that they're appointed to, to whatever terms um, but, you know, I do wonder if this is going to sort of mimic the way traditional arbitration systems work, which are which tend to be to, um, you know, default to, to the large corporate corporate interests. Yeah, I think that that's I think that that's um, I think that that's entirely why this was structured. It's not. <laughs> I wonder exactly the percentage of the of times that Facebook has to have a favorable review 
from the board <laughs> to create legitimacy versus like if it's too favorable i wonder right. how to you know the effect that that will have uh, I wonder if they decide if they start getting policy recommendations. I like, do they have to? And the yeah. first policy recommendation is something batshit crazy. Like, what are they gonna <laughs> do? Like, what are? I mean, but like seriously, yeah. because like, I mean, who knows what they could write for a policy yeah, recommendation? True. That's like completely could be like, what's our policy recommendation that you should get rid of newsfeed? Like, what is right. Facebook gonna do about that? Right? That's not something that they're. That's and, yeah. Just quickly, the policy recommendations, will those be public too? Yeah, they're all okay. public. So that's public. And, you know, this is a classic um, you know, week form review uh, mm-hmm. kind of process, which is that Facebook has to respond as to why it decides not to. Like, they're yeah, not okay. required to take their policy recommendations, but they have to tell them why not. And they have to, you know, probably have to give a good reason. Because right. we're, you know, because now everything's transparent. And so we want good explanation for things. Um I told like I don't want to is not you know right. good enough uh, you know like you know yeah it will destroy our entire business model might be like slightly more convincing but yeah yeah well I mean and that's that's actually that's encouraging to some extent to me because like I mean in in the same way that like you know my initial reaction to you know as we discussed earlier my initial reaction to them choosing to do this on specific content i was like that seems dumb um, but then you explain the the sort of you know there's the privacy reasons and all the other stakeholder issues um and i was like oh yeah that does make sense so if like if facebook were to explain that way that that's a bit of transparency that i actually think would be fairly valuable sort of the reasoning why facebook you know even declines to to accept a policy recommendation might be really instructive um in a useful way so that that would be encouraging to me um but you know we have to see how that actually plays out and also frankly facebook has a history of not being very good about um you know explaining itself clearly <laughs> i think it no it has i a, think a, a, it's very mealy mouthed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that, just... that was the phrase I was about to use. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, no. I just like I just feel like uh, it's. I mean, it's better than like the complete and utter deafening silence that we get from Apple, right? But like, there's, yeah. but you know, but it is also just feels like PR BS. I mean, yeah. And I, you know, the uh, the thing that the complex versus simple objects thing that I just explained before that you found like compelling, you also have to kind of, I try to keep in mind that we, you and me, Mike, like people who are listening to this podcast, they're very, they're, they're people who are in the weeds on this stuff. Um, you know, and I called my grandma yesterday who's on Facebook, but like I was trying to explain to her like what I was doing and she just has no idea, like none whatsoever. (laughs) Like, and so I'm kind of like, it occurs to me that, you know, that there is that there's a lot of people that they have to try to appease um, uh, in this stuff. Not, not that that should be a reason that they do things badly, but yeah. Um. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the other thing, the other thing that's important here is like, you know, as we've discussed in the past, and you've discussed a million times, and I've discussed a million times, is is like, you know, a, a lot of these are are judgment calls that lots of people will disagree with. You know, and so, you know, there, there, there seems to be this some sort of like underlying assumption, you know, in in the back of of all of this that there's some sort of like correct 
level of moderation. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and and you know that this board is here to correct the errors of Facebook, but like that's wrong because <laughs> right. there there is no correct level of moderation. There's what you might think is correct and what I might think is correct and what anyone else and, and billions of people might think is correct. And, and uh, you know, on the whole, not one of those people are going to agree with, with anyone else when, when you look at the whole of all the different moderation choices. No, uh, that's completely correct. And like, you know, but some of, we like some of that, right? I mean, having different levels of moderation between platforms creates different, you know, marketplace of rules and like you can go and people can go to different places and, you know, but I do think that there's the possibility that this model and all of the time and energy that they've devoted to making it um, will just get will just get copied and pasted um, mm -hmm. into other platforms if 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 it's successful. Um, so, so well, that's interesting. So, do you you think that that what comes out of this may, in some way, sort of act as like a de facto precedent for other platforms yeah i think that that's a that's certainly a possibility i yeah. mean we saw that already with content moderation rules right sure. like a facebook like facebook there's not an industry standard on content moderation as you just said um and the right level of moderation is very different at different places but there's but there are but you know facebook now has facebook's community standards can are now kind of a basis in which you can um you can model um any small platform can model um their community standards off of that. I mean, if I like I back in like 2014 or 2015, I think that one of the one of the reasons they used for keeping their content moderation rules secret was because it was trade secret or because it was right. kind of part of the special sauce of what made their platform unique and, you know, I think that they've completely they've abandoned that at this point obviously. <laughs> right. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, partly out of necessity, but yeah, uh, I mean, it'll also be interesting, you know, and, and I'm always curious about how this process works, about whether or not this somehow ends up being baked into law in, in some sense. And, and you know, I, I think about in the copyright context, right, and with YouTube and, and Content ID, um, you know, we've seen now with things like Article 17 in the, the EU Copyright Directive effectively you know, taking the content ID model and saying like everybody else has to adopt this. That's, mm -hmm. not, that's you know, a generalized summary of the situation. Um, but we see that where like, you know, a large company sort of adopted uh, a particular process and then, you know, the government decides that everybody should adopt that mm -hmm. effectively that same process. So I could see, um, I don't think this would be a good idea, <laughs> but I could see um, that, you know, laws passing eventually that, that sort of require this kind of, um, you know, third party oversight board. Um, Completely. And I think that that's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a reaction to the, I mean, also what's fascinating is like whether or not this is all a part of them trying to avoid regulation in the first sure. place. Yeah. Right. And so they're jettisoning some of their, like their kind of unilateral power, what's been unilateral until now. Yeah. Um, and they're jettisoning this power. And I don't know that there's ever been a time that a private company absent regulate absent external regulation has just kind of created the, you know, has been like, we're not going to do this anymore. We're going to let these strangers do it. Like, yeah. so there's, um, you know, it's a, it's a fascinating kind of thing to think about. Um, I don't, I don't know what you kind of make of that. Do you think that that's something that they, 
are are doing to avoid regulation? And if so, which which regulation is like actually my question? Is it antitrust <laughs> stuff? Is it Section two thirty stuff? Like, yeah, I mean, to some extent, it might be all of the above. I, you know, I would guess that this is mostly an attempt to avoid two thirty related regulation. Um, for the most part, I don't think that it would be effective in any way in terms of avoiding 230 regulation because 230 regulation is probably coming no matter what. Um, and I don't think that this kind of thing will appease the people who have it out for 230 um, by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, the, the other the other sort of similarity, and I don't think this is this is a direct analog either, but the other one that this reminded me of a little bit is like the um, – what is it called? The the domain uh, resolution UDRP, I think, is mm. the thing where where you know if there's a dispute over who should get a particular domain name, there are these effectively arbitration panels um, that are done. But and so that that was sort of a similar. You know, you can see the parallels between that. But that was a case where you had. Um, you know, there there are lots of different competing interests. It's not one giant company just sort of. Uh, offloading the the issue, um, but I think there are similarities there. And there, again, I mean, I think it would actually be interesting to sort of compare um, this to to the whole like um, domain dispute process. Yeah, because it's it does seem like another situation, but but also one where you know it's sort of fraught with complications and um, you know what some people think are questionable processes and decisions. Um, but, you know, again, with anything where there's going to be a, a this or that decision, there are going to be people who disagree. Yeah, no, I think that that's exactly it. There's, they looked at, um, like, I'm going to be hyperbolic, but it felt like a bajillion different models. <laughs> like, and there's, uh, so it was actually kind of fascinating because I had never even thought about all of these different types of models right. that next to each other, but they had everything from hospital oversight boards huh. to like the net, like UN national security council to civil court models to common law court models. Um, you know, there were, uh, and then they had this really fascinating, I, I think it was released in some of their materials, but I found it fascinating because I'm a huge dork, uh, fascinating kind of mashup of like all of the different trade-offs in among across the models, uh, in time and efficiency and accuracy. Um, oh, wow. you know, you know, and so it was really, it was, um, I thought it was kind of a fascinating, and then they kind of bar pick, pick and chose like certain types of things. They meant, went with a lot of things that are kind of like administration, but also seem more, tr a lot more transparent than administration. Something that's not transparent that people, um, should maybe realize is that the deliberations of the panels will be, um, will be uh closed so when oh, they deliberate there won't be um there won't be you know people there's no oral arguments for example it's just right. people submitting stuff and so when they finally deliberate about all of it that'll be in secret um and, so and, and will there will there be or or you know is it just like the individuals presenting their side or are, are we are we expecting you know Council no, advocates. they Facebook has its own council. Facebook has a liaison that will present mm. Facebook's case to the to the panel that's hearing the thing about why they were correct in taking mm -hmm. down the content, and the user who's appealing it will present their case uh, and in written form. 
and uh, that, and then the board, the panel that is hearing any once it's selected um, the cases that it's going to hear, uh, they will be able to work with the the staff of the board that are just kind of going to be people to research it, like clerks almost, like a clerk's office, and like right. kind of do research and like figure out whether there was specific cultural context happening at that distinct moment in time, whether there was, you know, this is something that we want to make an exception for, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, and then they'll write that that panel will be anonymous for safety mm. reasons. And then they, they will write one opinion. There will be no dissents. Uh, they can state what other people's opinions were. Huh. And the, like they can say like we just, some people were concerned about X, Y, and Z, but right. they need to reach at least a three person. Like they need at least, at least a majority. Um, Interesting. And, yeah. and, and in terms of taking the cases, since this is this is effectively Supreme Court like mm. uh, in that there will be a bunch of cases proposed, but they, they get to pick and choose which ones they take. How, how does that process work? Yeah, so that's actually, they're going to have a case selection committee. Okay. So, and so that's also kind of, that was something that people have pushed back a little. Facebook uh, is appointing or help, helps appoint the um, Facebook selection committee. Mm. So that seems a little bit questionable. One of the ways yep. that they had independence besides financial independence is that one of the most important ways, besides not getting defunded, besides having it be binding, um, was that they can make the board can choose their own cases. If Facebook just decided, you know, right. you can't look at this, or yes, you, can, <laughs> right. you have to look. You have to look at this. Um, that would be, I mean, obviously, question their independence. So the fact that Facebook is has kind of a hand in who's going to be on the case selection committee and how that that's, I'm not like loving that, but I don't, right. you know. So it just again, all of this stuff is super in the weeds, but when you spend a little bit of time with it you know, you're kind of drilling down and you're like, wow, these questions are inherent in every court system, yeah. you know, and we just take them for granted, like all <laughs> yeah. of the ways that like, you know, that there's just like this very, what is water moment, you know? <laughs> so, <Right>. uh, <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, that's, <laughs> that's, that is, that is really interesting. And so you, you mentioned that, that the, the board members are going to be part-time. Yes. Yep. They're going to uh, be part-time. And, and, um, so that raises a question of like, who, who, who do we expect to be on the board? Who, who has part-time ability to, to spend time doing this? Is oh, it, yeah. you know, is it going to be like professors or, or is it going to be, you know, like how, how is that going to play yeah. out? Who makes up the board was fascinating. Like if you were sitting in a room with human rights lawyers, human rights lawyers would be like, everyone on the board should be a human rights expert. Of course. <laughs> like, and I was like, uh-huh. And then like, you know, if you're just in a room with like judges or former judges, right. like, everyone should be former judges. And you're like, okay. <laughs> um, and then it would be, you know, then there'd be like somebody, you know, be like, the board should be the everyman. It should just be like every person. And it's like, okay. Um, but there is... Uh, yeah, that was a back and forth. I think that what they ended up kind of going with is that you needed professional qualifications, um, of judgment making and decision making and fairness and kind of, so it was much more kind of people who did that, um, in some capacity, whether they were lawyers or not, um, and specific subject matter expertise was not required. Um, so that's interesting. That could include a lot of things. Um, it, it'll be, it'll just be really interesting um, I think to see who they end up picking the first two people. Yeah. 
I just, um, you know, it could, you know, I've heard rumors about Supreme Court judges from India. I've like heard rumors about like, you know, uh, diplomats from South Africa. I've heard, you know, all of these kind of people that they're thinking of doing. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it'll be like what it actually ends up looking like from a normative point of view is going to probably be pretty important about how people perceive it. Um, and in the first instance, yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that that'll be yeah, that'll be important. And so, I guess related to that, and and to sort of tie up loose ends and wrap up the podcast, like, how do you think, uh, or when, or how how do you think this will be in you know able to to judge whether or not this is a success? Is this something like six months out from now we'll have an idea a year five years ten years you know what 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 criteria are you looking at I, I like i have no sense of like how are we going to judge whether this turned out to be a good idea or the worst idea ever <laughs> yeah i mean but like you know it's it reminds me um i had this uh, very uh, critical um critical legal studies uh, professor uh for my 14th amendment uh con law class when i was in law school and you know, I think that there was one day where we kind of like got, were particularly nihilistic about how terrible the entire <laughs> legal system was. And, you know, that, you know, it's a pretty typical thing to just be like, well, it's better than anything else that came before it. And that's like, you know, unfortunately, uh, right. you know, just uh, like the real like the pragmatists um, solution is like, yeah, I don't in answer to how long I don't know. It took, you know, um, I was talking to Nate Persley, who was at Stanford, and he was saying, you know, the twenty it took twenty years for the Supreme Court to gain legitimacy um, right. in the United States. These these processes are slow, and the only way that you do it is when uh, is when you have hard decisions, and then um, the the government has has to be bound by the hard decisions and the the non non um, the decisions that they don't really want to enforce. They have to do it, and right. so that will I think that will be. Uh, to a large extent the the future of this court but I also think and we've talked about this before Mike I think it's just kind of norms I think that we'll finally start I think that this is will develop ideally maybe norms around having bodies like this uh, right as the new the new normal yeah um, and Interesting. yeah yeah, I mean it, it'll be interesting. I mean, as I as I said, I mean I'm I'm intrigued by this, and and I see potential for it to be you know kind of interesting and powerful and and in a different way of looking at these things. I also see the potential for it to crash and, and be a complete disaster. And you know the reality is probably going to be somewhere in between that. Um, but you know it's an open question of where on that spectrum. Oh yeah, I mean I think that. Yeah, when I first started looking at this, I thought the potential for it to crash was unfortunately very high, and that was you know, and I was hopeful about it. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that you're right. I think it's going to be. Um, I think it's going to probably be somewhere in between. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean, as I said before, like, it is has been a black box. You you know this better than anyone, and you know, at the very least, this isn't. You know, I don't think that this is worse. Um, there are right. there are things that I you know that we all could be missing, but this doesn't you know, it seems and and how good how much good it's going to do is right. is really up for debate. But it, you know, it doesn't seem like it can do bad. But I really I shouldn't put the 
couldn't shouldn't tempt fate <laughs> like that. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, we'll see, we'll see, and and. Yeah, I mean, I think the the good thing is that like we we definitely need some experimentation in this space, and and this is this is an experiment, <laughs> and and there will be data, and uh, and I assume you will be collecting it and writing about it because that's that's part of what you do. Um, and yeah, so, uh, I, we need more people doing this. This is like <laughs> I know, like someone who is really like really bored, boring, and like will just like look at the really boring stuff all day. Um, but yeah, and translate <laughs> it. Uh, but no, I, it's 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 exciting in that it's it's different. It's a different approach, and it's interesting and, and intriguing. And I think um, uh, there will be plenty to to talk about as this gets going. And, and um, it would be great to have you back on the, on the podcast uh, somewhere down the line as we begin to get a sense of. of well, what I'm this excited is doing. to know who are know who are like new overseers yeah. of online. I'm always like kind of dying. They haven't. I mean, I don't know. They haven't told me, but I'm dying to know that yeah, who's, no, who's going to be picked. Uh, I think I'm it'll be shoot. interesting. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they are thinking very, very carefully about it because, um, yeah, I think they recognize that picking the wrong people would, would completely undermine everything. Totally. Yeah, I think that is, like, one of the few. Like, they, yeah, and they've, you know, they've put so much time and effort into making it work that, like, at this yeah. point... That the yeah, it'll make or break things. So I agree. Yeah, I'm a little surprised they didn't announce the program with the announcement of the the, the first two. It's surprisingly that part. This piece of it has been surprisingly slow. From yeah. like just from like watching it for the last four months or so, like uh, that. It's like it's really hard to interview people and vet them and do everything that you need to to kind of decide who's going to be the next person or be the people. Um, so yeah. 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 Well, it will, um, be something to, to, (laughs) to pay attention to certainly. Um, and and do they have a a date by which they're going to announce them or? No, I don't think so. They, you know, they've said that they'll, that this was supposed to be up and running within the year. Um, I think they're a little bit off of that, but not by much. They're still hoping to start reviewing things uh, by Jan- by like January or February of 2020. Um, so I would imagine that like to reverse engineer that the board would have to be appointed and start having its kind of stuff together by December or November. So hmm. like it would have to um, have to get uh, up and running and be appointed. Um, I would imagine in the next six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. So. And yeah, be exciting. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just, I'm, yeah. I mean, you have to keep in mind something we haven't mentioned is that they, that this is uh, the, the really dynamic deadline that they set for themselves is part of, I think, I mean, pretty predictably trying to have this up and running before 2020, the 2020 election in yeah. the U.S. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, hopefully it'll, it'll, scapegoat well for facebook i think that they're hoping it'll scapegoat a lot of the the heat that they're going to get right right uh, again i don't think that will work but no i agree <laughs> yeah totally yeah. yeah but yeah it's um it's it's interesting times my interesting times yeah yeah well you know 
provides stuff for both you and me to work on. <laughs> I know. It's never boring. Uh, well, I mean, it is boring. Some of it is actually boring. <laughs> it's kind of like how in, like, you know, actual stakeouts and, like, spy movie. I mean, like, spy movie stakeout looks really exciting, but in reality, stakeouts right. are really boring. It's, like, kind of the same with being an embedded at Facebook. <laughs> it's like... Sounds really exciting. It's like actually right. just follow people around with a tape recorder. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, yeah, no, it's 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 interesting stuff, and and you know it is something different, and it's definitely a different approach, and and that's that's certainly worth paying attention to. Obviously, when it's you know when it's the biggest company in this space, um, it'll it'll be be interesting to see what happens. So, um, I know that, that you've been super busy, uh, the last week, especially, and, and everyone wants to talk to you because, because of, uh, your, your knowledge and, and the fact that you were embedded and able to, to understand some of the, the nuances behind all this. So I appreciate you taking the time to, to come on the podcast. Yeah, I always love talking to you. This has uh, been really good. And it's also just, uh, it's surprising, you know, I've been doing this by myself for the last couple of months. And so it's really fun to be able to talk about it now and especially with smart people. So thank you. Sure. Yeah, no, no problem. And as I said, we'll definitely have you back on, um, uh, about this or, or I'm sure other topics as well, but, but this is something that I think a lot of people are going to be paying attention to. And it'll be interesting to see, you know, probably, probably a year from now, I think there'll probably be, uh, enough interesting stuff going on, uh, that'll be worth reviewing. So we'll, we'll yeah. definitely have you back on again. Yeah, absolutely. That was, that would be great. Cool. Well, uh, thanks again. Yeah. And thanks to everyone for listening and we'll be back next week. Someone will get hurt to grab a shovel and dig up the